Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hey everybody and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I'm your host Jaden Graham and it is great to have you back here today or if you're just joining us for the first time, welcome. Um, Today we have Kimberly on the show. Kimberly is a certified high-performance coach, best-selling writer, health junkie, freedom lover, wife, mama, and unsinkable optimist. After 24 hours of natural labor and childbirth and dismissing the camera crew that was intended to document the event, Kim, feeling like Wonder Woman, Gain the powerful truth that fearing life's contractions keeps you contracted, along with the innate knowing that, as women, our bodies are fucking magical. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? Her message to other mamas is to kick fear off your throne and reign like the queen mum you are. And I just wanted to thank Kim for this awesome conversation. This was super fun and hope you enjoy it too. Kim, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, Jaden. It is an honor to be here with you and and your audience. And I'm just I'm just so excited. I, oh. I love I love birth. I'm obviously enough to do it again. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes absolutely. Um, so yes, wherever you would like to begin with your story. Yeah. So. I mean, for me, I didn't. I thought I was going to have a hard time getting pregnant. Like I, I really did. I thought I was, it was going to be very difficult, um, because I had a eating disorder for 10 years. Um, and even though I'd been totally recovered for eight, 10, eight, something around there, um, years, I thought, well, you know, I don't know if I did, you know, some serious permanent damage or like what happened. So I was working with a women's wellness consultant who, and a former midwife who, who was also a client of mine. Um, and I was using her services to help me detox my body, prepare my body for, uh, for conception and for carrying a baby. And I put my husband on all these detoxes as well, because he had to contribute as well. And (laughs) so I said, you know, like, we're going to do this. And I thought, okay, this is going to take, I I had a feeling it was going to take like six months. Uh Uh-uh. No, like two months later. Like I was like, oh, well that happened rather quickly. (laughs) And it was interesting because the time, at the time that I was get uh, around the time that I was going getting pregnant, um, I was still, I was in a mindset, a very different mindset that I have now. Um, I had a lot of doubt. I had a lot of shame. I had a lot of fear and I really wasn't taking the big courageous leaps that I had wanted to take, um, Mm -hmm. as far as growing a business. Mm -hmm. And so as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I like, I immediately felt a shift of like, I can't not figure out what's going on with my mindset 
in order to move forward. So I immediately signed up for a program, got certified in NLP timeline therapy and hypnosis Mm. and which served me so well along my birth journey because my son, when I, I had my heart set on, I'd done enough research. I'd done enough, um, conversations with my women's wellness, uh, midwife and just, just to know that I wanted to have a natural childbirth. Mm -hmm. And when about eight weeks in, when I did the first ultrasound, uh, we had who a a doctor who my husband and I eventually lovingly called Dr. Always Wrong, (laughs) but (laughs) we had, we had a doctor who I did the ultrasound and he goes, I don't know what you're going to do. And I was like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What's wrong? (laughs) Like, and he was like, well, he goes, you you had your placenta's blocking your cervix. He's like, mm. if you, if you gave birth naturally, you would bleed out and die. And I was like, wow. Thanks wow. doc. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Good bedside manner. Right. right? Not and so subtle he, there. <laughs> it wasn't that he was going to be my doctor during delivery or anything, but he was just the ex, like the doctor that did the x-rays and he was Mr. C-section happy man. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, okay, um, but fortunately, I'd, I'd done the mindset work around my own stuff, my own fears, my own insecurities to say, I don't know if that's entirely true. So I, I knew to question his belief. And I'm so glad I did. I said, so let me just let me just get a, some clarity here. I said, How, what are my odds that my placenta will move? And he was like, oh, I don't know. It's like 50-50. And I was like, I take those odds to Vegas. Totally. 50 <laughs> 50? I totally take those odds to Vegas. So I said, I was like, okay, cool. And so I did meditation. I uh, did some research into some Chinese herbs, which I then got uh, asked my uh, midwife about and got, got holistic consultation on. And my placenta moved by 20 weeks and it was completely out of the way. Um, and the doctor looked at me like, what did you do? And I was like, mindset and meditation. (laughs) And, and I just, I just shared that with him and I was, he, it it blew his mind because it shook his paradigm of the world. And the, as, so as my pregnancy progressed, like I'm, I'm the type of person that like pregnancy fits very well. Um, I don't have difficult pregnancies. Um, I, I don't know why that is not that I want it, but like, I, I feel like my body is like, I eat very clean and so my, and I don't eat things that I'm allergic to and I know my food sensitivity, so I don't consume food. So it doesn't create that, that possibility of having the, I I didn't get a lot of morning sickness, um, which from my own, like research and from the advice of my experts that I've talked to have said, oh, that could be like liver toxicity a little bit of like the liver's trying to process foods that maybe aren't good for your body. And I've done a lot of food sensitivity stuff. So I, I pregnancy was really easy for me and I found it really motivating as well. And it, I was motivated to, in the span of being pregnant, to quit my job, to go full force and start my own business and to just, um, to really trust myself mm. and to remember the trust that I'd built with my body 
that I had built from my 10 years of bulimia back when I had my eating disorder, what, how I reprogrammed my mindset around that was I really built, rebuilt my trust with my body. Mm-hmm. And I remembered my body had my back, like it's here to support me. It, it wants to keep me alive. Mm-hmm. And so that rebuilding that trust was huge. And then once I got to the point, my husband and I had a very interesting opportunity to be on a docu-series about fathers. Hmm. And I thought it was really interesting. My husband's a, a voice actor and I thought, oh, you know, that could be good for your career. Um, and I really was an advocate for natural childbirth. And I said, you know, I'm happy to be an advocate for natural childbirth. And they thought they wanted us, A, because we have a, a large age difference. My husband's 19 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. And B, and and this was his first child um, at 50 or 49. Uh, I'm supposed to age him an extra year. <laughs> and, and, and so at 49, he was having his first child. and And I was also that quote unquote weirdo who wanted to have her birth in naturally in a tub with midwives and Mm -hmm. surrounded by women and have my placenta encapsulated and do all that stuff. And so he was, (laughs) he, he was on board to do the show and I said, okay, cool. And throughout my pregnancy, I was receiving cranial sacral therapy. And as I was receiving cranial sacral therapy, my, my therapist said, she goes, I'm just feeling like your baby does not entirely want the camera crew during labor or that your body doesn't. She's like, I'm just feeling this off your body. And I was like, no, no, I've run marathons. Like I can handle labor. Labor's like, I've done five marathons. Like labor's going to be easy. <laughs> oh boy. Was I singing a different tune and not that it wasn't easy. It was just that they're like, and not that it was hard. I, my mindset around it made it more difficult. Mm -hmm. And I learned so much about myself in those 24 hours that I went into labor because prior to, um, we had seen Dr. Always Wrong and literally the day that I went into labor and I was, I was going over, time. Like now knowing my son and how he processes time, I'm like, oh, I got, I understand why you were four, why you were a week and four days late. But in the state of California, you can't give birth in a birthing center or at home Mm -hmm. after 42 weeks. Mm -hmm. And I personally think my gestational date was off, but that doesn't really matter because my gestational date was what it was. And so I, I was getting very, very nervous by the end because I was like, I do not want to give birth in a hospital. Um, I really had my intention set out for how I wanted to do it. And I went and I also at the end of my pregnancy, I started to have this weird like thing that never like only happens to 1% of pregnancies called polyamniohydrosis. I think Mm -hmm. it's called where your amniotic fluid actually increases. Mm -hmm. And no one knows why that is. But I that's just something that happened in that pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And, and so I went to go get, I had to go for, after going over 40 weeks, I had to start getting tests. But prior to that, I like, I would felt fine. I felt fine even getting those tests and all that. So there was nothing was physically wrong with my body. Like I was 
I was exercising up until 40 weeks. And then after that, I was like, no, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) The elliptical can wait a a month or so. (laughs) But I, I, I worked up until 40 weeks teaching Pilates. Like I, it, it didn't, I, I was really pretty solid with being pregnant. Um, and it really was looking at these belief systems that were going into, uh, the birth. And so I went and got my ultrasound from Dr. Always Wrong. And I remember at 41 weeks and four days, and he said, oh, again, I don't, I don't know what you're going to do. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? What am I going to do? <laughs> By this time, it'd become a joke. Like my husband and I were like, okay, let's see what he has to say. <laughs> let's see. Like my, my, my type of personality is like, when you tell me I can't do something, like I love proving people wrong. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah. that's very much my, my personality. I'm like such a warrior for possibility in that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I said, what do you mean? What am I going to do? And he said, well, it looks like you're going to have a 10 and a half pound baby. And I was like, oh, I said, how do you know that? Because my midwife had put her hands on my stomach and I know that I was a bigger baby. I was nine, nine pounds, three ounces or something like that. Um, and she'd put my, her hands on her, my stomach and she says, I'm guessing about seven, four. And I said, okay, I said seven, four. And that's fine. He turned out being eight, two, but the doctor said 10 and a half pound baby. Why? Because they measure the circum the, the circumference of the head okay. um, is what they gauge the weight of the baby by. Interesting. Yeah. And so my son is a lollipop. He has a very big <laughs> head and a skinny little body. Mm-hmm. And so I said, okay, well, 10 and a half pound baby. And this this doctor was looking at me like he wanted to cut me up like a piece of meat. And I was like, um, no, I'm so glad I'm going to have my baby naturally mm-hmm. and we're just going to, we're just going to soldier on. And if anything in the process of that says that it's harmful to my health, of course I will happily, the hospital is literally across the street. Mm-hmm. Um, but I said, until, until I am, my body says otherwise, I'm fine. And so I, that night I had a very tearful and prayerful conversation with my son <laughs> of like, dude. FYI, you got to come out. Like it's time. It's time you come out. And I was doing all the things to like the castor oil, the, the, I did some homeopathics. I did, I think it was uh, Pusatilla that was recommended to me by my, uh, by my midwife. And like, I, I was like, we're going to, we're going to get, get labor started. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, it was literally after I had a conversation with my son that suddenly a few hours later, I was like, oh, Oh, I think I, that was interesting. That felt like a really rock solid cramp. And then it, it proceeded and continued. And one of the things to talk about the set, like the, how our mindset plays into it is literally two days before I went into labor, I was, I found, I got this, sent this article or something. I, you know, Google and Facebook knows when I was going to go into labor. They just knew. So I, I, I I saw this article and I popped up like the seven things you never knew that your body would do during labor. And I was like, "Hmm, I wonder what those are. And one of them was vomiting. And I didn't, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. And I'd never even conceived of that idea. And I remember kind of like, it was like me seeing myself accept this idea that this would happen. And suddenly during labor, I was like, I, oh, I was like puking. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew, I knew I was like, oh, God, 
damn it. I accepted that. I accepted that <laughs> idea as my own. Dang it. Cause it, it played right into my old programming from bulimia. And so I was like, okay, fine. Um, all right. So this is happening. And so as I'm like, when, when I'm not feeling good in my body and my husband knows that when I, when I feel sick at any time, when I'm not feeling a hundred percent of my body, I just get naked. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, I'm like, we're going to be rocking out nude style. And my husband was like, should I call the production crew? And I was like, hell no. (laughs) (laughs) I said, you can call them and you can let them know that they can come in after the baby is born. Mm -hmm. Like they can catch those first few moments. They can catch you like holding him on your chest and doing skin to skin, but hell no, they're not catching me during labor. Like that's not going to happen. Um, cause I was just, I, I, for the first 16 hours of my labor, I was struggling with it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that I was struggling with the concept of labor. I was not allowing for the natural flow of contraction and release. Mm. So when I, when my midwife said, Oh, just you know, allow for those three to seven minutes of rest. So I was like, rest? Who are, your ki- who are you getting? And she's like, really? No, she's like, you need to allow for those seven minutes of rest in between those contractions. And I was like, I was so fearful. I built up in my mind to be so fearful of the next contraction that suddenly like I wasn't fully relaxing and allowing for that space of relaxation mm-hmm. in the in- interim. Mm-hmm. And so it made it take longer. I truly believe that that's, that's what kind of made it take longer was I was trying to hold on to this control of like, okay, I'm going to brace myself for the next surge. Mm-hmm. And so it was keeping my body in a semi-contracted state. So I wasn't able to fully have that ebb and flow that is the natural rhythm of labor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I was in that space. And so finally, after 16 hours of being in it, Um, Like my doula came at at midnight to come be with me. My cranial sacral therapist came around like four or five to o'clock to be with me. Um, And then by 10 o'clock in the morning, the next morning, I, they said, you know, it's been a while. Like, let's just take you into the birthing center and see. Um, And so we went to the birthing center and my midwife, she recommended, she said, there's a couple things I said, I said, okay, cool. And I fully trusted my midwife because she had all along been just such a support. She said, I would recommend, here are my recommendations. You're more than welcome to accept these or not. Um, like, she's like, I would recommend, you know, if we break your water, cause my water hadn't broken, mm-hmm. um, that we do that to speed up, to allow for the dilation. Cause I wasn't fully dilated. I, I wasn't dilated. I was like, maybe, maybe three, only three centimeters dilated. Mm -hmm. And that was after 16 hours. And she's like, so maybe if doing that could help speed up the dilation. Um, And she said, there's also a cyst that we see on, on your cervix. Um, And she said, I'm, I just want to monitor that. And so she said, I'm going to have to have you labor on your side. And I was also severely dehydrated because of the vomiting. Mm -hmm. And so she said, I'm going to give you an, like, I would recommend giving you an IV um, of just fluids so that you can have your strength. And I said, yes, 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 and yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fine with all those um, 
And so I, once I had the fluids in my body, I felt so much better. Mm. Like I was hydrated. I felt nourished. I was like, okay, we can do this again. Cause I, I could barely swallow water. I was like, I was, I was, I was struggling by the, by in 16 hours. But after I had that, that respite, that was when my body really actually surrendered mm-hmm. and allowed for that surrender. And I was like, okay, I can do this. And and it was a it was a process of recommitment to the vision of what I had wanted for giving birth to my son, and they gave me some homeopathics to help my my uh, cervix dilate a bit more, mm-hmm. and that helped. And as and then I started like I had my energy back, and I started to feel like me again. Like I started to feel like me, but like an empowered version of me, not not the scared version who is like fighting the contractions, but one who is embracing. Like, okay, here we go, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And and at one point, I was like standing in the the birthing room. And my husband said it was totally appropriate for me to give birth in a room that had like chandeliers and low lighting and salt lamps and all that stuff because I'm fancy. (laughs) (laughs) And so is my son. He is Mr. (laughs) Fancy. He is like, he loves sparkles. He loves rainbows. He loves big, you know, colorful fedoras. He loves color. Like he's, I've said since he was in utero, he is a fan, like I said, I, this is a fancy boy. My husband's like, what do you mean by that? I said, I don't know. I just like, I feel fancy and I feel empathy and compassion. <laughs> like that, those are the two things that I was like internally felt. And I, now I'm like, oh, and I, I, I see it. I see it. I see the yes. fanciness. I see, I see the- <laughs> Definitely has leadership quality, like leading with his fanciness. Yes. Um, but yeah. So I, I was able to have, I was able to get into a state of play with, with the surges. Mm-hmm. And so it no longer was this big, fearful thing. I was able to surrender to them to the point where I was able to like hold onto the balustrade of the, of the tub. And I was like deep in a squat. My legs had never squatted so much in my entire life. I hate squats. And I was like, <laughs> dang, I really ill-trained for this one. Um, I train, I train in the wrong way. I train for more like marathon style training instead of like deep, like pelvis thigh strengthening training. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, uh, and I, I was in my nursing bra and depends and I was like rolling my hips and just like, okay, we're doing this. All right. I'm in the flow of it. And I turn around and I look at my husband and my husband's just kind of like in awe and, and like, he has no idea what to do. <laughs> so he's like, he's on his phone and he's like looking at me like, you okay? And I, and I was like, bitch, never seen a sex, such a sexy strip show. And he was like, <laughs> How do you have humor? This, he's like, this is now 18 hours in and you now have humor. And I was like, that is the power of hydration, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> like, of, of being hydrated. And it was also so sweet. My husband during during my labor, especially when I was laboring on my side and had the IV in me that he uh, he was tasked. He's like, just please give me something to do. And he's a doer. And so she said, well, Kim needs like, fluids and some sugar or something like that. So if you go get like some honey sticks, maybe some coconut water, um, 
and some electrolytes. And so he ran over to Trader Joe's and this, this sweet man, I see him come back with this like bouquet of honey sticks, like, it's going to help you. And I was like, I don't really, I, I'm not in, I'm not in a space for that right now, love. <laughs> but thank you, but I'm not in a space for that. But eventually it got to the point where I, I was in that space of surrender and I remember something so powerfully that my doula told me when I was in the middle of a, of a surge. And she said, Kim, every contraction is just Declan working his way down the birth canal. Mm -hmm. And something about that statement really, really landed for me mm -hmm. because I realized that I'd had 30 years of hard work and experience. And this is this little being's first experience with working hard and with a push. And I was like, what would I do with my clients? I was like, I would of course cheer them on. Like, and I shifted into coach and cheerleader mode rather than like having it be all about me and my pain and my struggle. When I suddenly realized my son's going through the same experience, he's pushing, he's trying to get his way out as well. Mm -hmm. Like that paradigm shift changed everything. And then with every contraction, I was like cheering him on and I'm going to start tearing up in a second. Aww. Cause I just, I felt like, Oh my, like, come on, buddy. We got this. Like we got this together. I'm going to be here for you. We're going to get this. We're going to get through this. We're going to do this together. This is going to be like our little championship, you and me. Mm -hmm. And like that just, that changed the game. And I labor sped up a lot faster. Um, and it was, it was getting to the point where it was time to push. And it was funny. My, my midwife, she said, okay, here's, here's the recommendations of what we, we would recommend for you. We'd recommend not getting into the tub right away. Cause sometimes that can relax you too much to where you labor slows down. Um, so instead maybe laboring in the bed or laboring on the chair, just so we can monitor that little cyst thing. Um, and, and I said, okay. And she's like, She's like, I just have to acknowledge the fact that you just have just taken the suggestions that we would really recommend you take <laughs> and just kind of rocked it out and just been very gracious with the experience. And she's, so I was like, yeah, well, I figure you've done this more than I have in that, ex in that way. So I, and you know, when the difference between having a midwife and having a doctor mm -hmm. is like, I'd spent nine months building up a rapport. Like it wasn't just a 15 minute yeah. check-in. It was an hour long meeting. It was, how are you feeling? It was text messaging my midwife. Like mm -hmm. if I would feel something funky or if I feel something that was unusual or that I thought was unusual, but they'd say it was totally normal. So there was a, there was a lot more personal engagement with it mm -hmm. to where there was that relationship of a lot more trust. Yes, absolutely. And that was one of the reasons why I didn't go with a doctor because there was a a very well-known hospital in Los Angeles that prior to um, me knowing anything about natural childbirth, I had thought like, oh, I would want to have my babies there. Mm -hmm. um, and I went and interviewed with the obstetrician and the, there were a few things that she said that I just, I just was like, I, di I don't agree with that. Mm -hmm. Like she said, well, if you're looking to get pregnant, you know, you're going to want to not have any sushi. She goes, you got to cut the wine. And I was like, well, obviously. And I was like, but at the same time, I was like, but what about caffeine? 
because mama mama loves her coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like you will have to pry that cappuccino from my cold dead hands and <laughs> <laughs> and she said she was like oh well the american pediatrics association says you can have two um uh, 250 milligrams of caffeine a day. So that's like two diet Cokes. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait, wait, wait. (laughs) red wine, a sip of red wine, or even like a small teeny, tiny, tiny little half glass is incredibly detrimental, but chemicals that can take the rust off a penny, putting that into my system is okay. And I was like, Okay, I'm not quite sure if this person's the right for me, right, right. for me. But then, <laughs> then what she said after really hit it over the head, where she had said, "I said, well, what about you know when I'm, you know, in labor? Like, what happens?" And I said, "Is it is it going to be you? Like, if I'm going to work with you for nine months, I want to make sure that you're going to be the person." She goes, "Well, the doctors are on rotation, so I would be me." But if I'm not on rotation, then it could be someone else. And I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. I, I have a history in my past where I was sexually abused. Mm. And having some random man that I don't know up in my business, <laughs> yeah, just surprise, mm-hmm. Um is not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And so that's really why I made the choice to go with with ha- being surrounded by midwives and the feminine energy and it was it was honestly Jaden like the best choice that like challenging, yes, for sure there were challenges. And for sure there were moments during labor, especially around that like 16, 17, 18 hour point when I was like it would be so easy. I could literally walk across the street to that same hospital and just say, okay, like, let's give me the drugs, give me the stuff, get like, I could literally walk across the street. And I said, but would that be really what I want? And I really had to continuously recommit, like, am I prepared to go through this hard right now? Or do I want to go through that hard that could also feel traumatic for me? Um, And I, and how would I feel after? And I knew that if I went through labor in the way that I had wanted to, in the way that I had intended naturally and with no drugs, being able to do that, that at the end, my end result would be, I would feel empowered. I would have a a really amazing, healthy baby who was born naturally, who got all the good bacteria from coming down the vaginal canal Mm -hmm. instead of being cut open for as a Mm C-section, I would have, I would have the autonomy and I would have the support. And I said, if I, if, if I gave in and if I changed my mind midway to, to go just across the street, so just, it would, it would have been that easy. I could have literally gone, like, gone across the street. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, I would feel shame. I would feel resentment. I would feel like a failure. And none of those are feelings that I wanted to bring my child into this world. No, not experience. at all. So I went through with it and there was, you know, there was the concept, the perception that we might be having a 10 pound, 10 and a half pound baby. And so my midwife, you know, said, okay, this is a possibility. So here's what's going to happen with the shoulders. Like if he's a big baby, like the shoulders and getting him out. 
-hmm. By the time we got the head out, like by the time the head was like halfway out, she's like, okay, get into the tub. And I started laboring. And I remember this moment, like I was able to look at my husband in the eye. I was able to like connect with him. I was able, he was able to be there so present with me. And it was just this powerful moment of just connection and intimacy with him. And he just was, he was like, I'm so proud of you. You've done so amazing. He's like, you have like, just, just to be able to do that. Like he was just so proud. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I'm a words of affirmation love language. So it's like, I was, I was eating it all up. And, and, <laughs> and with that, I just did like one final like push and my little lollipop of a son just skyrocketed right out. <laughs> and I literally at the end of it and my midwife goes, he's out. And I go, that's it. <laughs> and my husband goes, that's it. That, that's, that's the response you have. That's you. This has been 24 hours. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's it. We're done. Oh, this is, we're done. Okay. <laughs> and it was in that moment that I had like, uh, and it, I had so much fear and so much love. I've never experienced that in my lifetime. Like suddenly it was like, everything became so real for me. Like the, mm. the realness of having this beautiful responsibility, the realness of also the death of who I had been, because there is a bit of a grieving process that I don't think is much discussed of like, you know, you go from being a single or in a relationship or, but when you become a mother, it's, it's, there is a different way that you just see the world. Mm -hmm. There's a different, and the, the person who you have been up to that point is no longer, they're gone. Mm -hmm. And that it was like, all of that rolled into one. And then this little tiny package is like placed on my chest and like all, all of that was able to be caught on camera. (laughs) Final pieces. I had my doula filming it as soon as the baby came out that they were like, come in with self growth. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I literally could not care less about, I was like, I don't, that's fine. Hi guys. <laughs> like, that was because I just, I had my little man and my husband mm-hmm. got to cut the cord and, mm-hmm. and, um, and because I had had to have, cause my son's head was a, a wee bit large. Um, the, mm-hmm. my midwife had done an episiotomy. Um, and so there was a little extra being. And so it was like, okay, we're going to take you onto the table, get you stitched up and everything like that. And my husband, Spike took the, took the baby and he held it. And I just saw, I, I looked over and I was on this table getting stitched up by midwife. Well, she, she had to first like drive her arm up my, to, to close the uterus, mm-hmm. to, to drive, to get the uterus to, to close and to stop the bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I didn't feel that because I just, you know, popped the giant head out. And, <laughs> and I look over as this like Eastern European woman is like, <laughs> and I look over at my husband and I see him holding our son and he just has, he's crying and he doesn't cry. And he said, he just said, thank you. And Aww. I, I, that was everything. I, I was like, that's, that's that's everything because he never thought he would be a dad. He he didn't know if that ever was going to happen. And then I got to give him this gift and he's like really an amazing, an amazing dad. Like, 
of all the things that he does well, like that is my favorite. And it was like, and so they stitched me up and I was fine. And um, I just needed some food. So obviously Mexican food was mm-hmm. necessary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fajitas mm-hmm. were required. And, they, and it was great because the midwife, she said, whatever you want, we're ordering it for you. And so they ordered um, El Cholo and I got to have my Mexican food and uh, experience that connection with my my son and my husband and just be in those, in those moments. And, and then we got to go home and I felt, I felt pretty rock solid. I felt tired. Yeah. And I had a little bit of a headache. Um, but I felt really solid. And my, my mom came over the next day, my mom and dad. And I asked my mom, I said, could you just stay with me for a couple of days to like, I I'd really, my headache turned into like a bit of a migraine and it was probably just from the blood loss, hormone shifts and all that. Um, but yeah, so that's, and, and then we had our, our little guy. And he was amazing. That's awesome. Kim, thank you so much. That was such a beautiful story. And this was such a joyous and happy and funny and just all the, all the good things conversation. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me and for, for being here with me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And is there any last little bit of wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with? I think for me, it really was 24 hours of labor taught me like so many lessons about life mm-hmm. and, and it doesn't have to be 24 hours of labor. I'm just letting all you ladies know, like it <laughs> you can, you can, it does not have to be that long. So it can, it can be longer. It can be shorter. Mm-hmm. Mine was, mine was that I have a feeling that when I give birth to this next one and eight weeks um that, that wow. <laughs> I knew that you, you had told me before that you were pregnant but I didn't know it was that soon That's awesome. cool. yeah so yeah. I have a feeling this one's gonna be a lot shorter because I'm gonna just trust my body and I have already been through the process and I'm not fearing it um so there's a lot more ease that goes into that um but really what I found is that labor is just like life. Like we all have surges of contractions of times that we feel that we're contracting. And we also have those periods of rest and allowing for both. Cause both is where, like, if you look at it from a physiological perspective, like on a physiological level, when you work out a muscle, you are creating little muscle tears in those fibers. Mm -hmm. And then the rest period is where the muscle fibers actually have the chance to repair, which actually builds a stronger muscle. Mm-hmm. Well, the same is kind of true with labor, is where you have that space of repair and rest where that's actually where they get to settle into being a little a little deeper in the birth canal. Mm-hmm. And the same is true with any project. And I took so many lessons from labor into growing a business, into – any form of growth, that there will be periods of contraction. Mm -hmm. And so surrendering to those contractive periods, allowing for yourself to have what you need during those contractive periods of life. And then knowing that on the other side is a wonderful, amazing rest and like a wonderful, amazing breath of like being at that next, being a little farther along, being a little farther down the birth canal 
and that, that your dream is working just as hard to get to you as you are to get to it. Mm. I think we put this idea that it's all us. And for me, that par- that simple paradigm shift that my doula gave me was enormous of mm-hmm. just being able to know that this little, this little baby, this little, this little dream was working just as hard to get to me mm-hmm. and, and to cheer that on mm-hmm. and, and to trust that it's coming, trust that it's, trust the process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kim, thank you. That was, that was lovely. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank so you so much, Jaden. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change, one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.